What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Pardon the Disruption this week. I am your host, Matthew Potter. As you can see, I got an upgrade here. Um, that being said, real quick, before we dive in, going to go ahead and explain a little bit about our rules. First and foremost, today we only have three esteemed guests. This is what happens when you try to fire me. You will get fired off your own show. We'll see you, we'll see you soon, Steve. I promise we will. Today, we are going to go ahead and do one minute per question. There are going to be five questions. And then after that, there's going to be two minutes to go ahead and discuss. And then points will be awarded after that. We're going to go ahead and dive right into it. We have a special guest today on our show. We're going to start off with him. Pace Morby, go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do. Hey guys, my name is Pace Morby, live in Phoenix, Arizona. We are buying properties all over the country, primarily started out as a wholesaler, and now I am probably 80 to 90% buy and hold is what I do, and have a good sized team, about 700 employees, and collectively do over $100 million a year uh, between our all of our businesses. So here to hopefully have a lot of fun with these guys. Thank you, Pace. We're excited to have you here. Next up, we have Mr. Endorsement out of Texas. What's going on, RJ Bates? Tell the people about yourself. Yeah, I'm RJ Bates the third, and uh, look, I'm I'm very happy for Eric and Steve that they're on their load management game off today, <laughs> uh, and and excited to have Pace here joining us. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm, I'm flat out nervous just seeing the man, the myth, the legend here. Look at him, <laughs> and magically the day pace gets here we get a, a longer time to talk i think he's already kind of cheating on the rules a little bit but you know we'll see how this plays out absolutely we will see how it plays out we're gonna go ahead and give you a <laughs> for that and we're gonna give you a minus one point last but certainly not least today my man out of virginia chris jefferson talk to us Chris, you're muted, bro. All right, here we go. Chris Jefferson, Richmond VA. I'm excited to be here today. All right. I'm from the U. All right. I'm excited to be here for two reasons. One, uh, I never seen RJ Bates in color. All right. <laughs> all right. You know, it looks, it looks, I just want to just want to say it looks good with your skin. All right. It looks good with your skin. Uh, number two, I've never seen him blush so much for another gentleman. All right. This is exciting. All right. We've got some emotion and energy. Thanks, Pace, for being here. It's good to see you, my brother. Uh, now we've got, we've got RJ a little riled up, so this should be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited. Absolutely excited for today. We have great questions. There will be great banter that is guaranteed, especially with that extra 15 seconds that we know RJ is going to utilize, um, real quick before we dive into this for everybody that is watching on YouTube, don't forget, we pull a sixth question from our audience. So go ahead and comment there, or you can text us at three, three, seven, seven, seven question and your question could be the one that we choose that ends up getting featured we're going to go ahead and dive right into it first question are you actively acquiring properties to build your portfolio right now and what does the criteria look like pace go ahead and start us off uh yes we are actively buying deals we bought 15 properties this week alone single family all sunbelt states sub two seller finance only i will not even look at a cash deal haven't looked in a cash deal in over a year and we are also putting together a fund called the sub two fund where we are buying multi-family properties last year we bought about 1500 doors this year we plan on buying about 2000 
Again, Sunbelt States, we are on a pause on our multifamily uh, fund for about six months as we wait for the multifamily world to slow down and we can gobble up good deals. Look at that. 30 seconds. That is amazing. <laughs> my, ma my man Pace came to play today. You better watch out, RJ. All right, RJ. Are you acquiring right now? And what's your criteria look like? I, I, I don't even know how to compete with Pace Morby. I mean, he just comes in here and he just he just blows me away. Uh, yeah, we're, we're acquiring <laughs> deals. Um, I'm, I'm going to acquire like 0.75% of what Pace Morby is acquiring. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, same thing. I mean, a lot of creative finance deals right now uh, for the same reasons as Pace is talking about. I mean, we, there's no need for us to currently acquire deals via cash. So it's easier for us, especially like he's talking about in the Sun Belt. I'll add the Midwest in there as well. Uh, for us to go in there and acquire either via seller finance or sub two. Um, we even have some deals, you know, we just, as of this week, acquired a deal in Vermont via sub two. So anywhere that it could be done and you can either wrap it or, or even wholesale it. Yes, that's what we're doing. But uh, I, I don't think that we should allow what's happening in the, the market to keep us from acquiring good rental deals. Just under, just under with two seconds to spare. Way to go, RJ. Proud of you, bud. All right, CJ, what about you, boss? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm tactfully acquiring real estate right now. I think there's always a time to do that. You know, so for my portfolio, the only thing that I'm really focused on, and it's kind of really similar to everybody, but uh, I'm focused on seller finance deals primarily, right? So I can, I can create notes free and clear. I do wraparound mortgages. Uh, that's building and acquiring cash flow at the moment. Uh, and we're focusing on markets with population sizes of 200,000 to 350,000. Uh, and we're looking for properties that generally are under $150,000 single family, ideally under $100,000 uh, because the return on investment, uh, if you buy a property under $100,000 on terms is astronomical. All right, guys, you can chop it up. Potter, are you, are you participating or are you just the host today? Uh, I'm kind of like a hybrid, like, dude, I'll fill in, like, I'll, you know, if you guys want me to chime in so that there's some intelligent banter, I mean, I'm here for it, but, you know, if you guys, <laughs> if, if you, if you guys want to go ahead and keep it mediocre, like, dude, I'm, I'm good with that too. Pace, are you, are you only buying on terms because you don't have to find deals via cash or is there another reason why you won't look at a deal that's cash? Uh, number one brand. It doesn't make sense. Like last year we did 30 Burr strategy deals, but I just find no reason to even talk about it. There's other people that talk about it and I give them all the credence for that. But for me, just for brand, just trying to dominate my niche and let people know, like, I don't want to talk about the whole gym full of equipment. I just want to talk about that one barbell a thousand times until everybody just goes, no, 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 no. That's Pace's barbell. Sub two, that's Pace's barbell. Don't, don't pick that up. I think the opportunity for terms right now is so big. You know, I don't do a ton of sub two at all, but I really love seller finance. And what we're seeing right now, just from terms of consumers, right, or, or sellers, let's say it that way, you've got this pocket, this bubble of people um, that still have the perception that interest rates are sub 4%, right? Like mainstream news has not been hit yet uh, with the facts that we are in a recession because the government is trying to do everything to make sure that they don't say that, even though that's where we're at. And so what you're seeing is that the general population has not caught up with what the reality of the, the world is economically. And so the type of deals that you can negotiate and the type of deals that you can get 
seller finance wise, even sub two wise right now really negate the need uh, to try to do cash deals. I don't think, you know, I, I hear pace, you know, that people are doing Burr. I'm not somebody that thinks that Burr is the, the strategy of the moment at all. Um, but look, I, I think there's plenty of ways to acquire cash flow right now and plenty of ways to build a portfolio as well. Yeah. The other, I just got a text message from Molly, my COO, and she says, can you slow down? I'm being overwhelmed. Like this week we bought 15, it's Thursday and we bought 15 single family, bought a deal in Alaska, Boston. Uh, I got a deal on the water in Hawaii, 2% seller, a uh, 2% sub two deal, no money down. You've got sellers with no equity that are trying to list their properties because of a, let's say a job relocation or they're getting divorced or whatever the pain point is. They're moving out of these properties. They can't sell them. And then these listings are becoming expired or as somebody might call them delisted properties. So we're just calling delisted properties. Maricopa County last month had 448 delisted properties with no equity. And we're hammering a very small niche list where we're just trying to get sellers to hand their keys over and no money out of pocket. All right, gents. <clears throat> that was definitely a uh, a good question. It was a better number one question for RJ there. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, based off this one, just because I'm a I'm a warm I'm a warm up on this, we're gonna go into the uh, we're gonna go into the chat and RJ Bates won the first round. Wow. So apparently titanium is showing up. Don't worry. I mean, he started off with negative five points, so he's only up to negative four, guys. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> let's not celebrate let's not celebrate just yet rj all right next up on our questions this is one i'm definitely interested to uh see you guys chop this one up i might chime in as well how do you feel about the proposal from joe biden to eliminate the 1031 swap what are your thoughts on it go ahead and start us out rj well first and foremost it really helps when you have 15 vas watching you and they all vote for you so. <laughs> Uh, thank you to my team of VAs. Um, second, listen, this is even they say it in the the what they're calling the fact sheet about this is that real estate investors are the only ones that get the sweetheart deal where they can essentially avoid paying the taxes on their investments. I they they want to add the billions of dollars of tax revenue that this would increase for them to benefit other things along the lines of, I think it's the, the child tax credit and some other things. I, I am confused by why they want to attack this specifically though, other than how large of a number it is in the amount of tax revenue. I feel like that's why they're doing it. Um, the impact that it's going to have on real estate investors, the, the ones that are going out that have built up using the 1031 exchange, that's who it's going to impact the most. And it's probably going to make them not want to continue down the path that they had because they were banking on the 1031 exchange strategy. So I think it's going to impact a lot of people because that's where they were essentially building the retirement. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. And in, good insights there. I'm. I'm glad to see in, you know getting that point really boosted your confidence. Uh, <laughs> I, that's impressive. All right, CJ. What are your thoughts, boss? Look, we. we I mean, we've seen this before. All right. Uh, I think Obama proposed uh, the same type of conversation. I think in in 2016, I believe, or something like that. Um, I don't see that this is going to happen. I don't. I don't think this would reasonably make sense for the marketplace, because quite frankly. Uh, 
this seems like an attack at the everyday investor or the armchair investor, right? The person with the W-2 that's trying to move money around and do different things. But it, it's, it really affects institutions as well. And I, I just don't see where this will ever get through. Uh, and so my thought really kind of stops there. I just don't see that this, we've had this conversation about 1031 being eliminated multiple times and it never happens. Uh, if it did happen, what, do I think it would have severe impact on the market? Uh, I think it would have severe impact on a small pocket of people that control large amounts of money or they control the majority of the money that circulates in real estate, uh, which is even more the point uh, that I don't see that this thing is going to go through. CJ, I just want to let you know that we just had something happen that's never happened before. Listen. You, you were spot on one minute perfectly. I'm, I'm impressed, bro. Pace has brought the best out of both of you guys. <laughs> and for that, I'm thankful. <laughs> no, All right. No. All right, Pace. What are your thoughts on the 1031? Go ahead and uh, go ahead and let us know. I think even if the 1031 gets uh, eliminated, what's going to happen is people that have smart CPAs and they're in the right rooms are going to figure out other strategies around it. They always have. They always will. Um, think about even all the tax that's been imposed on the wealthy, right? All these Democrats that come in. Look, I, I'm neither Democrat nor Republican. I couldn't care either way. But you get a lot of Democrat uh, presidents come in and ride on the wave of I'm going to tax the rich. Okay, I don't, I don't feel any of those taxes. I don't see any of it. What ends up happening is we always figure out how to get into a room of people who have figured it out and people who have money pay for solutions. And the other thing is you look at, the, at Kiyosaki. He couldn't care any less about a 1031. All he does is refinance and pull that money out debt-free, or he pulls out debt and he pays no taxes on it. So it will change the dynamic of how people make money, but it won't keep wealthy people from making money. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to chime in on this because you guys are all 100% spot on. To Pace's point, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on politically. Like if you benefit from a 1031 or certain tax advantages and codes, it doesn't matter. You're going to find a way to do it. And you are ultimately going to, it's what you pay. It's what you pay people that are smarter in whatever that per, you know, whatever that specific niche is, you pay them to go ahead and solve your problem. So if this is eliminated, okay, there's probably a new problem there. All right, let's just solve it. All right, let's chop it up, guys, for two minutes. I, th I think what people don't realize until they're on the other side of it, right, is that these conversations really don't impact people that are self-employed. Uh, they impact people who have W-2s and they have high-wage earning positions. Uh, these are the people that get impacted by the conversation about taxing the rich and this, that, and the third. Um, I don't pay hardly, you know, I pay, I pay what I'm supposed to in taxes. I'll put it that way. All right. Uh, but to Pace's point, uh, there's so many unique ways from inherited Roth IRAs and uh, solo 401ks and all these different things uh, that uh, I don't call it tax avoidance, right? But not paying large taxes. Uh, the techniques to to do that run so deep that a 1031 exchange elimination. I mean, look, it's it's not but, in the world. But I think y'all are missing the point here. People are utilizing this to increase the asset of which they're owning. This is how the 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 person who's working a W two nine to five goes from single family to owning multifamily. 
right? They're saying this is going to add $19 billion to their budget so they can use it on universal preschool and childcare tax credits. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I understand that's the reason why we tax and, and to do things like that. But in my world, it's called Robin Peter to pay Paul. And, and they're going after people that are trying to do the right thing for themselves and elevate themselves to be able to own assets that are worth millions of dollars utilizing the 1031 and eliminating that. I agree, sure, you could do the, the refi and, and bring that money out and do that, but there are people that are knee deep in this strategy already. And I think that's the people that, it, if it's gonna add $19 billion, obviously there's an astronomical amount of people that are utilizing this strategy. Yeah, I think part of the problem too, man, is I think there's this common thought that you do real estate or you do some a couple of transactions and you're wealthy or rich, uh, maybe asset-wise, right? Not liquidity. Uh, and I think there's this general consensus amongst the public that, hey, these are very rich people. These people need to be taxed. These people need to be held accountable. Uh, when in reality, you know, most, most people that are doing 1031s aren't even in a position to pay uh, this reasonable tax that, that that people think should be paid honestly in terms of having the, the cash to do so. So, you know, I, I wish we could have less political conversation and more realistic conversation about how things function, how things work, because that's truly how we could really get some progress in this country. But, you know, that's that's another podcast for another day. But, um, you know, that that's kind of the big thing. I was going to say that's going to be on Potter's spinoff podcast right there. I'll, I'll have you on, CJ. No worries. No worries. All right. On that one, I, I want to give everybody uh, a hearty hand. You know, you guys you guys did great on that one. I'm actually going to – I'm taking a page out of RJ's book since we're running only three deep today. I'm just not going to play by any rules. Everybody gets a point in that round because you guys did great. Like, dude, we're doing, we're doing uh, 1031 participation uh, trophies today. All right, this net, this next one, this one's interesting because it kind of cuts into to my niche a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see what your guys' thoughts are on this one. Um, what are your thoughts on the Silicon Valley bank run? Uh, we'll go ahead and start it off with Pace, just because I'm going to go in order on the screen here. What do you think, Pace? Um, I was thinking about this this morning. Is that I'm just not smart enough to even do the research on these banks. I I play in a very small lane. And so I look what is happening to these banks. For me, it's great news for me. It's wonderful news for me, right? As a real estate investor that looks for motivation in the market, more chaos going on in the marketplace means more motivation. And so that means more deals from my family, more deals from my employees and more security in our jobs. I don't love the way that things have gone in terms of the interest rates going up and people are getting laid off. I mean, there's mortgage companies, underwriters, processors, I mean, you see, we all see it, Potter. You see it in our industry. There's full-on in industrial parks being completely canceled. People are going home, out of jobs, out of work. And um, I think the federal government's going to come in. You saw Credit Suisse last night just got bailed out $38 billion. Credit Suisse just failed as well. You're going to start seeing big government coming in and bailing this stuff out. So scary, scary marketplace, but the government's going to come in. And it, well, all that's going to do is drive inflation even freaking more. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with you on that. And then actually, I was reading about this right before uh, we went live. Um, the federal government over in uh, Switzerland, they actually bumped that up from 38 to 54 billion. That's what wow. they pumped into Credit Suisse. 
and they're talking about most likely uh, the Swiss National Bank is going to end up having to take them into receivership. So, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's there. It's right there. It sucks. And to your point, I don't think this solves inflation. This is just going to cause it to kind of continue to go up. And, you know, everybody's sitting there celebrating. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, uh, we, bl- we blew a, low, uh, a lower amount on our alcohol test here. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's 4% or whether it's 3.8. Either way, you're getting the DUI. And that's right. that's what we're looking at with inflation right now. All right, next up, RJ, what are your thoughts? So what are my thoughts on the Silicon Valley bank run? Okay, so I'm going to answer the question, unlike Pace Morby. <laughs> that's the first time I'm taking a shot at Pace, okay? Pace here, we we like to take shots at people. So welcome to the show. You're a yeah. <laughs> Who takes so, a shot and apologizes? What's up? He's a, he's a TV star, okay? You got to apologize to him. All right. So I, I think it's A, it shows the power of social media nowadays, right? I mean, literally because of, of Twitter, you know, it convinced all these people to literally run and take their money out of the bank. I think that's uh, – it also makes you question about our banking system. I mean, I know that this is has been around forever, but the fact that this could actually happen – I mean, I've had these thoughts before, but I, I've never actually seen it happen like this before, especially through the power of Twitter. Um, it's also kind of – mind-boggling that that many people use Twitter. Um, and then just the, the fact that the fear on what they were reading on social media to go run and take all of your money out of a bank. I mean, to, to those that did, I'm glad. But the last thing I'll say is our government's always going to bail us out no matter what. I mean, Biden's immediate response was, don't worry, we'll make sure everybody gets their funds. And I think that's going to be this administration's answer to anything that goes on in our economy moving forward. Yeah, you're you're de- you're definitely correct there. And I mean, it really does expose fra- uh, fractional lending that the banks are running on. Um, it shows how fragile the system really actually is, and most people don't understand that. Um, but that's definitely a discussion for the spinoff. Um, podcast that we'll we'll get going here all right cj what are your thoughts yeah well first man i think you mean the ponzi scheme the banks are running on but look here's the thing like you know this that saying right like sometimes you walk outside and you take for granted breathing you know sometimes you walk outside you go to the bank and put your money in the bank you just close a hundred thousand on a deal you throw it in the bank and you take the thought of being able to do that for granted that there's risk associated with that. And so I, I think what we're we're seeing is one partially, I, I agree with RJ, I agree with Pay. Look, I think we're seeing more a wake up call than anything, right? Because uh, everything's all good till it's not, right? So, you know, the power of social media, this is the world that we live in now. We're only gonna ever get more socially connected, all right? Like the, the social connection now virtually only goes deeper as we evolve. And so what we saw with this entire situation was where unanimous thought, all right, was, oh, shit, like, what if I have over 250000 in the bank and the FDIC can't get me my money back? DJ's left the building. Did I break out? No, you, you, you didn't. I think yeah. Potter did. Yeah, I think that might be what? you, Potter. We got good equipment over here. But look, this is all I'm saying, all right? Calm down uh, over there, Netscape. 
<laughs> all I'm saying is this, man. I, I think it's just a big wake up call for everybody because again, everything's all good till it's not, right? Everything's hunky dory when we're signing the paperwork up front, and then we have a spat. Now we're on the other side of the V with each other. Now it's a serious conversation. I, I think there has to be some pause here, man. And 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 what we do about it is is the public who knows. But but that's kind of where we're at. Okay. On a on a side note here. If there was there was people that had eight figures in this bank, right? Everyone yeah. knows that that's only insured up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. First of all, why would they have that much money in, in one bank? Second of all, does it bother you that our our president comes out and says, "Don't worry, we'll make sure everyone gets their money back"? Yeah, it has to bother you, right? I, I think it has to because. This, this is how you become more of the puppet, right? At what, at what point does the government then say, because then we create the codependency of, well, why would I worry about this? Because the government will take care of it. Like you said, they'll always bail us out, right? And then you get somebody in deep enough, and then you decide not to bail them out. And then what does that do? That separates the has from the have-nots very much, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like raising children. This morning I was having breakfast with my kids, Corbin wouldn't eat her eggs. And I said, oh, it's okay. Let's give her rice or whatever she wants. And my wife's like, if you do that now, you are setting a precedent and it gets worse and worse and worse and it compounds. And then when she's 16 years old, 18 years old, and she's acting a fool, we're going to go, man, where did we go wrong? I know it doesn't start and end with eggs, but it's the thing of that you're letting people do things and it compounds and compounds. And then at the same time, people are on the news. We got to fix our country. We got to work on our country. Yet our country just comes in and bails all these people out. You got to let people fail. You got to let people fall down and you got to let people, if it's a free market, let it be a free market. Hell, if I was a country that hated the United States, I'd be saying, let's see how many fake bank runs we can get going on Twitter. And mm. don't worry. United States government will just bail them out and go more and more in debt. Yeah, I see a lot more short sales on the horizon too. Yeah, no, that's a thought right there. Yeah, like I, like I said, I kind of have a little bit of a unique perspective on this just because of my background with short sales and things of that nature. Um, RJ, to your point, yeah, keeping a ton of cash in a bank account is a horrible idea. Like I think all of us can probably agree on that. Like especially above an FDIC uh, insured limit. Um, sometimes you have to for operating expenses and like a lot of those accounts that were seven, eight figures, those are, you know, tech companies, things like that. But the thing that's really interesting to me, um, because this is the kind of stuff like I love learning about this and, you know, um, talking about it and things like that. The thing that was interesting to me is we're going to use the FDIC's insurance fund to go ahead and make everybody whole. Well, similar to, um, and, you know, Steve's talked about this before you know, escaping communism twice, um, eventually you run out of other people's money. And that's the main thing there because there's only, I don't know what the last, I don't know what the last figure is, but there's only X amount that's in that insurance fund. And it's at like 2% of total money that's actually held within federally charter chartered banks, not even including credit units, just the federally chartered banks. So like, if you think about that, that's one of those, like you said, you go make a post on Twitter, next thing you know, holy crap, like the financial system isn't looking so great. So 
it's very interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, you got Credit Suisse kind of taking a page out of everybody's books. You have Signature Bank that was shut down on a Sunday. How the hell do you get shut down on the day off? Like, how does that work? Like, it's literally from Friday. How'd you get fired on your day off, Craig? Like, literally, <laughs> but that's what happened. So, you know, it's very interesting times, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, everybody had said, like, CJ, you're talking about going down that rabbit hole of codependency. Yeah, that's not good. You know, Pace, you talked about it. Short sales, yeah, they're they're going to show up. It's just going to happen inherently. Like, it, it will. And then also on, you know, the other side of that, it's it's great for the niche right now, but it's horrible uh, for Main Street. It is. It's just horrible, all, you know, all the way all the way across the board. So... All right, I appreciate everybody's uh, everybody's input on that. Clearly, I can't award points to myself, even though I should be able to. Um, I don't know. There's apparently some rule in the rule book about that. So, on that note, for that round, you know, we're gonna go ahead and give it up to Pace. I love Pace's uh, input on this. My man, my man Pace got on, got on the uh, board exclusively with that question. Next up. This one, this one's for you, RJ, because we know how much you love basketball. So we, we got you on this one. In honor of March Madness, who in the real estate industry would you expect to be in the final four? Start us off, Pace. Who are your final four? What do you mean? Like the best investors of all time? The best buying holders? What do you, best marketers? What do you think? Be, dude, just the, be, the best of the best in your book. Um, I, I As individuals, I would say the best operators it's got to be the best operators the people that when the tide rolls out they're not standing there naked they've actually they're they're fine when the market goes down i would say jamil damji just because i'm close to him and i see their operation i see how many deals that they're doing 500 wholesale deals monthly plus which is crazy they're even making more money in this down market um i would say um vena jetty by far hands of, like she is one of the smartest most unbelievable operators I've ever encountered. I would then follow it up with um, Chris Jefferson. Oh, and then number number one, I'm going to tell you number one with this epidemic going on, I think number one investor that's going to stand tall in this is Matthew Potter. I've been talking about this for a year with you. And I've been telling people behind your back, I said, this guy is poised to dominate the industry over the next three to five years as we have a correction. I mean, I appreciate that. I know CJ appreciates that. You know, uh, I, that's a great answer. Like, dude, I can't be mad at that. I mean, I, I would also include you in there, Pace, because I think at the end of the day, you're, you know, going to do some great things in the upcoming market. Next up, RJ, who's your top four? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still just reeling over the fact that I was the <laughs> only one that didn't make the final four there. Um, I'm I'm actually lightheaded <laughs> right now. I'm seeing stars. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna big in my first round. Anyone that teaches sub two that's not named Pace Morby, that's gonna be my first time in four. <laughs> no, uh, realistically, um, I'm I'm gonna agree with Jamil. I'm gonna go with Jamil. I mean, what they have with Keegley is is amazing. Um, I don't know the gentleman's name. I, I did know it previously, but the guy that owns or runs or operates New Western uh, for the same reasons as, as Keegley. Um, and I also, based off of Steve's feedback, off of what he said at Collective Genius, because I'm not allowed in the Cool Kids Club, 
I wouldn't know what he actually said, but Steve said it was really brilliant. <laughs> um, and then out, outside of that, I'm going to go with probably Carlos Reyes because, you know, I mean, he's just so amazing at picking great closers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with his ability to judge closers. So I'm going to pick him. And then, yeah, I mean, just to not pick pace, I'm going to pick Chris Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that from you both, man. Um, all right, here's my list. All right. I didn't, I didn't look, I never look at the questions in advance. So this was kind of one maybe to check out in advance, but I'm going to put pace on my list. All right. And here's why my list is set up this way. All right. I'm going to start sending you cliff notes, CJ. <laughs> nah, I don't, we don't believe in those, man. You got to get chat GBT, bro. All right. So look, look, I, my list is set up on two ways. Uh, marketing and operations. All right. Uh, I think these are the two things. If you can learn how to do two things, great. Uh, these should be the two things that you focus on. You could be terrible at sales and good at these two things and still make a crazy amount of money. So I'm going to pick uh, Pace Morby, uh, Jamil Damji, uh, myself. All right. Because uh, I thought it yes, was Yes, sir. Free the one guy that picked himself. I freaking love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pick myself, Pace, Jamil. Uh, and if I had to take a fourth, I'm also going to take Carlos Reyes. All right. Mm. Um, really, really, I'm going to let me change that. I'm going to really take Sal, actually. All right. I'm going to really actually take mm. Sal. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Sal on my squad uh, because somebody has to be functionally behind the scenes like a, a Josiah over at Keegley. There's got to be the person back in the shadows behind the scene that doesn't care about any of the bright lights. They don't care about getting pictures at an event. They don't care about anybody patting them on the back saying how great they are. They just care about making sure that everything is A1 every single day and fully tight. And I see that with my interactions with Sal. Uh, so that would be my four, for sure. Wow, CJ, I had never actually seen this look on Cassie's face before, but it's very special for you right now. Well, shout out to look, shout out to Cassie. That's, but, and and, and I, listen, and an honorable mention in there somewhere is RJ Bates. I just want to really be clear about this. Did I make right. this top sixty-eight in y'all's bracket? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Listen, listen. Nobody wants to be the guy pick last. Right, bro. It's sixty-four. Right. Like, do do the math correctly. <laughs> Come on, bro. It's sixty-four. There's, there's, there's a first four. Is there really now? There's a first four. Yeah. This is unacceptable. It's about money. I'm man. over here playing in the NIT right now. Leave me be. <laughs> the NIT. Hey, you you made one of the final fours. <laughs> hey, that that's a, that's because Pace and I have known each other. God, I don't even know how long it is now. Like, it's a long time, and. Um, I'm very appreciative of that, um, like I said, from from Pace's standpoint. And, you know, I know, you know, CJ, we're, we're new friends, but, you know, we've had our conversation about short sales, you know, RJ. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm here for you, brother, when, when the time comes. I, I am, you know, when you when you want to get on team win. Um, before <laughs> before we get before we get on to the uh, to the next question, I do have to say. Um, you know, this is an extremely hard one to judge, but I'm just going to have to go ahead and throw it out there because he got it right. Um, pace Morby, like, dude, sorry. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like pace just absolutely nailed it. But I think to everybody's point, we, sh we are in a space with some amazing individuals that do some really awesome things. And all of us together have learned a ton from each other. 
and that's really what it's honestly all about. You know, RJ, I know I love to bust your chops over there being, you know, employ uh, New Western's employee of the month. Um, but you know, you're 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 a great guy and I've I've learned a lot from you as well. Can I point out that no one picked some of the big name like multifamily guys like Grant Cardone or or even like some of the bigger names like Warren Buffett or anything like that. We all kind of for whatever reason stayed inside of our the people that we actually know personally inside of our own little niche. I know Grant really well, but I know like I'm I'm so happy with what CJ said because he pointed out the operations. I've been inside Grant's office 20 times. Grant ain't doing anything over there. <laughs> right. It is it is Jared Glant, Ryan Secco, uh, their their whole team is so unbelievable. So maybe you give Grant the credit for building that team, but what CJ said about Josiah Right, we when I sought out to go after multifamily, I said, "There's no way I'm going to be able to add this to what I'm already doing." And I went to Josiah, who runs Keegley, and I said, "Be my partner on my multifamily fund, bro." Shout out to all the integrators that don't want the the freaking limelight. Grant Dude. would be nothing without those boys. A hundred percent, and that ties in exactly to what CJ was saying, where you know he had brought up Sal. Sal's more of the behind the scenes guy in you know their their operation and it's a lot of the time you know same thing with jo josiah like dude if you don't know like you don't a lot of people don't know who he is until you you know you've made those connections and things like that and then you're like oh holy shit this is where it's at so yeah. definitely um all right question number five how do you hold yourself accountable in your organization start us off pace Marketing, all day marketing. If marketing's going well, then I'm doing well. I also try and stay away from the office as much as possible to CJ's point. I might be the brick, right? People are looking at a brick wall and they go, they go, man, that's a beautiful brick wall. Nowhere in there do they say, man, that mortar is really beautiful. But it's really the mortar that holds it all together. So my job is to bring the marketing to the table and my team uh, handles everything else. So um, the Josiahs of the world, Cody Barton, my partner in four of my businesses, I'm accountable by staying out of the office. And when my team says marketing is going well, then I know I'm doing a good job. Beautiful. All right. RJ, how are you staying accountable? So I, I think this is a fun question because it's going to show some of our different personalities. So obviously I have a much different personality than Pace. So my difference is, is that I am consistent. I'm consistently here at the office. I'm consistently here for my team. I'm consistently trying to grow myself, whether it be in leadership, whether it be in knowledge of real estate, um, whatever it is, I'm constantly trying to grow and be better for them. Um, so I eliminate some of those factors that do uh, hinder my team because of my chaos uh, style. But that being said, I always want to be here for them and I want to show them an example of what I want them to be for the company. Super insightful and under the one minute. I'm, I'm impressed RJ. Are we trying to make a late push here? <laughs> All right. <Maybe. laughs> CJ, what about you boss? Yeah. I hold myself accountable and I hold my ADHD accountable uh, by making sure that uh, – shout out to Die Acquisitions, all right? Like making sure people on my team 
know that the door is consistently always open to hold me accountable, to tell me where I'm messing up, to tell me where I could be doing better, uh, to tell me where I'm falling short, to call me on my shit when nobody else wants to do that. Um, I've, I've created that space where people know that I do business with, Hey, look, if I'm messing up, if I've dropped a ball, if you know, whatever the case might be, uh, you know, hit me up, man. Like, let's sit down, chop it up. Let's get on the same page. Cause we're, we're both fighting for our families. We're both fighting to, to take better care of ourselves. And, uh, yeah, just keep the door open, man, for people to hold me accountable in my life. And sometimes that's not comfortable, but, uh, that's how you continue to, to, to grow and evolve and make things happen. Pace, do you think what you do is something that other people should try to mirror? No. I know myself. I know what I bring to the table, and I'm really good at hiring number twos. Like, if anybody knows Molly on my team, she's uh, not just a right arm. She's a left arm. And I've got a handful of Mollies, and I've got a handful of Cody's and Josiah's. I have nine operators that handle my marketing. And so I just know myself, and I know where I should spend all my time. I think, I think Pace made a good point earlier. I think people see us, people like Grant Cardone, stuff like that, as these these public faces of things. Uh, and then the credit and allocation of who's figuring it all out, who's making it work, uh, gets automatically gifted to us, you know, really kind of unfairly in truth. Um, you know, I know without certain people on my side, you know, nothing would be, you know, it'd be just a cluster. I mean, it would just be insane, right? And so a lot of that doesn't get said, right? The marketing companies, the copywriters, the salespeople, like all those, all those things take a lot of energy and effort. And uh, it's usually not us uh, that, that's, that's doing that every single day. So I agree with Pace, man. Shout out to the integrators for sure. I mean, to going back to the question I asked Pace, the reason why I brought that up is, is it's similar to the vast majority of the content that I post out on social media is me talking to sellers. And I tell people all the time, don't try to close like me, try to close like you. And I think to Pace's point, don't try to hold yourself accountable the exact same way that Pace does. Know yourself and just make sure you are holding yourself accountable. I think that's the point of all this is one way or another, make sure that you are holding yourself accountable and you're not putting yourself on this high horse of I'm a leader. No one holds me accountable, including myself. Oh, 100%. 100% dude. Um and it's you you got to know who you are and you got to know who your people are and you know I, I sit there and look at everybody that's on the screen right now like I am not RJ, I'm not Pace, I'm not CJ. Um and I do things totally different. And that doesn't, you know, like at the end of the day that doesn't mean that CJ, you know, can't call me out and be like, you know, hey Potter, you're you're late for the podcast, which of course never happens. I'm always on time. Or, you know, Pace can Pace can reach out to me and be like, hey, bro, like, um, you got tagged in, you know, you got tagged in my Facebook group. You didn't respond to one of, you know, one of my people in my community. You reach out to them. So, like, I, I personally appreciate when people hold me accountable. And, like, for me, and this is something that's kind of wild, or maybe it's not wild, my accountability starts at home. My wife holds me extremely accountable in all aspects she's my business partner and she's obviously my partner in life she holds me accountable in raising our kids making sure that i participate in our house um you know everything like that so that right there like dude i i absolutely love that i don't know that's just me but i i don't know about y'all 
All right. So on that one, um, I'm gonna go ahead and get. I'm gonna go ahead and give that round to uh, my man CJ over there. I like. I like the open door policy of uh, you know just come on in and call him on call him on his stuff. I, I do appreciate that. I think all of you guys had very very valid points on this. I love paces. You know, hey, I know what I know what my superpower is. I know that I don't need to be there and do that. RJ, I love the fact that you're there in the office leading by example and showing everybody like, hey, look, no excuses. But, you know, boss man's here, you know, from boss man all the way down. So, um, like I said, uh, re really like that one. Um, we have a sixth question that has come in. This one should be pretty good. Um, I'm happy about this. What is one false piece of information about real estate that you see so many people spreading on social media? Start us off, CJ. Man, what one piece of information I see people falsely promote uh, on social media? I'd say, man, the biggest is that they make money on every deal. Um, I, I've personally seen people, like it's so easy just manipulate perspective. Like you could get a HUD that's got three hundred thousand on it. Uh, that doesn't mean at all that the person made three hundred thousand. I think more people should talk about bad deals. Um, I've had plenty of bad deals because I think when we don't, we create this perception that everything you get in here and it's just like all peaches and rainbows, and you're never going to have adversity. And then I think people then deal with adversity and they they succumb to it. They can't get past it. Uh, when most of these things are workable, if you got a deal that's going south and you owe somebody money, go sit down and talk to them about it. All right, go have a conversation. But we don't, you know, th this perspective has been created uh, that nobody loses money, everybody's killing it, everybody's this, everybody's that. And I, and I think that's one of the biggest falsehoods that we've seen. Damn, uh, that was a good answer, CJ, especially considering the fact you didn't have, like, any prep on that. I'm impressed, bro. I like yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. All right, Pace, what are, what are your thoughts on it? What's the uh, one piece of false information that you uh, see spread out on social media? Uh, I ended up hiring an attorney for this specifically just because people wouldn't listen to me about four or five years ago. And it was that creative finance was illegal. Subject to is illegal. Seller finance blows me away that when an agent says that doesn't exist, seller finance doesn't exist, right? I see that all the time with uneducated agents. We ended up hiring an attorney in multiple states and we did a whole live with um, two attorneys, one in a closing attorney state and one in a title state, went through all the legislation, went through the IRS's website on how to handle taxes on subject to, how to handle taxes on a seller finance or installment sale. And anytime somebody now says this is illegal, which I still see and still hear from agents, I just send them that two hour live and I go, hey, after you watch this live, please tell me if you still think it's illegal. But that pops up a lot. Um, bonus answer. I hear people talk about how this business is easy and this business is not. It is. It can be simple, but it definitely at no time is an easy business. That's outstanding. I absolutely love that you did a two hour live on it too, because like I've, dude, I've seen agents. I mean, obviously like I'm in the agent space where they're like, no, that's, that's totally illegal. And I'm like, eh, I guarantee you it's not. And they're like, novations are illegal too. And I'm like, eh, no, it's literally in your continuing education. Like it's right there. It's one of the questions. So definitely a good one. RJ, what about you? What's your biggest uh, piece of false information being spread on social media? I, I hate 
that the, we have a culture inside of real estate investing and wholesaling where people take to social media and say that if someone is out there charging for education, that they're a guru, do they do deals? Are they fake? I mean, I've literally had people ask me if Pace Morby is real and if he actually does real estate deals. I've had people ask me that about Chris Jefferson, Jamil Damji, Steve Trang. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I'm sure their teams have been asked the same questions about us. And I hate that we have this culture because the reality is real estate investing is not taught anywhere. So outside of those of us that have succeeded and decided that we want to start another business to go out and try to educate people on how to do the same thing that's changed our lives, how are people going to become educated to do this? It's not taught in schools. It's not taught in college. There's no other place to learn the education outside of the people like us, the people that have done it. And so this false narrative that there are these fake gurus. Yes, there are. But guess what? There's bad people in every single industry. There's people that fake it in every single industry. It's not just in the real estate investing education space. And I hate that because it, it literally is it's smearing people's good names for no reason. I, lo I love that answer. It's one of my, that's probably my favorite answer to all of this. You look at people that go to school for 12 years to become a doctor just to wish they got into real estate. And they went yep. to school and paid a million dollars for an education, put their you know, families on pause for 12 years to ultimately make half a million dollars a year as, a, as an MD, just to come to us as private money lenders saying, I wish somebody taught me how to get into real estate. And there is no real estate university. I, I remember RJ about three, maybe four years ago, he had a really great idea. He's like, you know what? All of these people that are joining mentorships, they join Pace for creative finance. Then they join me for wholesale and closing. Then they join Chris Jefferson for development and, and everything that the U teaches. Then they go and learn from Matthew Potter about short sales and all of these types of things. Guys, people go to school for 12 years to become a doctor, six years to become a freaking high school teacher. Yet you don't want to have an educator that has experience condense all of their, their lifelong learning into a mentorship to some degree. I think I look at all of you guys as different class professors and everybody should be going to each individual professor. I learned stuff from you guys on a daily basis. When I watch clips from the show, I'm like, Ooh, I just picked up a new thing, picked up a new thing. So I, I, I love that. I think that's my favorite answer. Pace, that good idea I had three or four years ago. You think we should still do that? I love it. I think it's, I think somebody should have done it a long time ago. I don't know what happened. I well, I you got I'll, too busy say, growing that beard, right? I, I'll say that uh, <laughs> I almost yesterday when Potter sent out the questions and he said, Do you want any edits? I almost said the question of, Do you think real estate investing should be taught in public universities? And then I was like, No, 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 I don't want that because the answer is, Hell no, I don't. I, I want the people like us that are out there doing it and failing and succeeding to CJ's point. I love CJ's answer too. I, I just did a podcast with David Richter and it was probably the most depressing podcast of all time. Cause essentially what I said was, is you need profit first because you can make really good money and still lose all of your money in real estate investing. That was me. That water. was me eight years ago, bro. Without profit first. I was like, where's <laughs> all my money going? Me seven years ago. That's how I know David Richter so long. Yeah. Shout out to my guy, David, man. Yeah. So I, I think that 
this is why people like us need to be teaching this though, to teach people what we learned the hard way eight, seven, eight years ago. Which well, I had, hard. I had a high school teacher that taught home ec that was, had been divorced four times. Shout out to home ec, man. That's a throwback, bro. I remember She's like, here's how to take care of your children. Bro. How you, here's how you uh, treat your wife properly and all this stuff. I'm like, y'all been divorced four times. <laughs> That's real world experience, face. Like, That's real world what, experience. What, what real estate investor worth their weight is going to go teach anything in high school for $45,000, $60,000 a year? It ain't going to happen. Somebody who's unsuccessful at real estate investing is going to teach in a public school. Not a good idea. I, I think the appeal of it all with what we do, you know, like, because I, I think it has to be said, a lot of us that, that, that take this type of heat sometimes, it's because we're really great marketers. All right. And part of being a great marketer is kind of understanding that part of perception, just culturally, like within the space that we're in, is people are so apprehensive and are like apprehensive to the thought that this is easy because it pace. You said it earlier. It's not that this is easy. The concept conceptually, the concept of wholesaling is really simple. Right. You're getting a house under contract for X amount of dollars. You're finding somebody else interested in that property for, for X amount of dollars and making the spread. That's not complicated. What's complicated is everything it takes to execute. And so what happens is people get so stuck in the complication of execution and their self-doubt and the self-limiting beliefs of execution that that is then projected on the people trying to serve, trying to help, trying to get the information where then everybody starts to get unfairly kind of wrapped into the same, you know, bubble. Um, yeah. I, I think that what we're doing and not just us, but I just think that the information community as a whole, like RJ said, there's bad apples. Yeah. But there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work. I just had a conversation with, with D on my team this morning about there's a lot of weight that gets placed on you in doing this. I, I get emails all day, every day from people that are in my community or want to be in my community and, I'm, I hear everything about their life story, everything about the worst things that have happened in their lives. And I got to take all that in. Like that energy's on me. Pace, I'm sure you get a lot of the same thing. RJ, I'm sure you get it as well, right? And and it, it does become unfortunate when when people don't realize that you're taking all that. You're taking all that energy from people just because you want to help that bet. Yeah. CJ, can I... Going back to Pace's point about doctors go to school for 15 years yeah. and they want to learn real estate investing, right? I just had this conversation with my doctor yesterday. Okay. So <laughs> my thing is, is why are we- Did you finally get circumcised? <laughs> yeah, yeah, always, man, always. Uh, That's a really weird conversation when you're having a circumcision, bro. Yeah, man. You're doing what you got to do, man. And he's, he's talking to me about real estate. He's like, what's that charm on you? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> All right, back, back to my very <laughs> Did we get Cassie laughing or what? Yes. So, so going back to my point here is if why are we the only industry that I know of that there are other leaders, influencers inside of our space that say we should not be charging to teach this when we have doctors out there. Doctors have no problem paying for the education and become a doctor. Same thing with attorneys, same thing with nurses. The same thing with teachers to make $45,000 a year. Why are we the only industry that I know that says Chris Jefferson should not charge you $10,000 to teach you how to make a million dollars a year? 
Hey, how'd you know I charge ten thousand, man? Don't don't tell everybody that. Look, wait a second. All right, hold on. So, because because this is what happened. Shout out to Max Maxwell. This is what happened. All right. Uh, there there became a culture or a subset within the information space, right? Before I was in it, before I think Pace was in it, RJU as well, where the next edge that you could get, right, was giving information for free, right? That became like the race to the bottom was, well, I'll just give it all for free. And so then this perception, unfortunately, be, you know, got created where people think, well, I just need the free information. You don't you don't agree with that? No, bro. That was the answer 10 years ago. Max okay, Maxwell retired and, and got married. Okay. Yeah, but and that doesn't that doesn't mean Pace, that Pace Morby came in and said, I set a new standard. I go live for 27 hours straight. I give everything away for free, and I still charge you twelve thousand dollars. And they gladly consume 25 hours and they pay him the twelve thousand. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he also Pace can tell you he's here right now. He can tell you he gets a lot of flack, I'm sure. For people wanting free information, Pace, do you not? Uh, no. Well, that's why you have to do content. I keep going. I, I do so much right overwhelming now. content that, like, I mean, my average YouTube video is an hour long. But what I'm saying, you though, know? Pace, is I looked at your YouTube channel literally the other day, right? Yeah. It's beautifully organized, beautifully set up. It's, it's extreme detail in that. There's no way I can believe that if you didn't give that type of information out, and you were still exactly who you are in this moment right now, that people yeah. would not be seeking in the culture that we're in more free information from you. You've just provided so much. Content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, it's interesting. Like I'll get, I th I'd probably say 30 to 40 DMs a day that are like, help me. Right. Well, why don't you want to help me? I'm like, I, you know, we have, I'll message on voice memo. I'm like, did you not look at my YouTube channel or my free Facebook group or my right. free this or my free that? They still, there's something they feel like they're missing all the time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, good point. And, I, you know, I, you'll get criticized. Like, I'll get a, on one of my cold traffic ads. I, I stopped looking at any of that stuff. It used to bother me because I didn't understand that demographic of people that would complain. And then I realized, I was like, oh, that, that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with them. And I'm actually, I started having an attitude of gratitude. I'm like, I'm grateful for the hateful. I'm grateful for the people that show me that they're hateful on day one. So I don't have to mess with them, do business with them whatsoever. And I let my vibe attract my tribe. And now for me, like the recipe was also what RJ's saying, right? Like Max came in, it was kind of a race to the bottom for a long time. I see another guy, a, a young kid out of Florida with his father that criticizes people for educating. And in the same breath of him saying, I don't have a mentorship program. I don't have a this. He'll say, sign up for my prop, sign up for prop stream. My link is down in the description below. Facts. And I'm like, bro, like what it is, here's what, here's what I find is that the people that ha lack value and lack community where people can actually get help outside of training modules, those people really struggle. And so that what they do is they take pot shots at the people who are actually providing value above and beyond just video content. And so you just got to keep doing this. I mean, all of us are pioneers in that that uh, that path, which I'm very proud to be on the screen with you guys. You guys are all pioneers. You provide more value to the industry than what you've taken. And I think the real people, I don't think, I know, because I've been doing it long enough. I know that the real people recognize that and they show up. All right. We let that one run a little bit long, but it was a great, man, that was a great question to dive into right there it really was um i'm 
going to take a page respectfully out of R.J. Bates' judging style. I'm going to give everybody a point based off that. Our winner today is our guest. Well, oh, ho- hopefully, hopefully he'll he'll be a repeat offender on here. Pace Morby, R.J. may have called that one in the chat about 48 hours ago. It's okay, R.J. We'll we'll get <laughs> we'll get we'll get you back on team win team win that next week. Maybe I don't know. Um, we've had a lot of fun today. Um, you know, shout out to Eric Brewer. Hopefully the children's Motrin starts to bring it down for you, buddy. Uh, you know, we look, we look forward to you being on the show as well next week. Um, you know, Leon, Jimmy, we're really glad that you guys are out there, you know, enjoying your spring break right now. Not all of us are set up on spring break schedules. But um, we're going to go ahead and head out. Before we head out, I'm going to give each one of you an outro. Pace, go ahead and give us an outro. Just really appreciate you guys having me on here. Thank you, guys. Shout out to Steve Trang. Where is he? Taiwan? Uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. Shout out to Steve Trang for letting me sit in his seat. See you guys again. Awesome. Awesome. RJ Bates, talk to us. Yeah, man. It was a great episode. Honored to have Pace here. Um, I don't think anyone told Pace, but we always let the guests win. Um, so <laughs> he, he didn't actually say anything that intelligent, but <laughs> anyway, we're actually just hoping it comes back. Um, so Pace, uh, it was great having you there, brother. Um, I, I really enjoyed today's uh, conversation, though. A lot of great topics, and uh, it's it's always great to be able to hear everyone's different perspective on this it's one of the things i love about the show so see you guys next week absolutely absolutely and you know with with any luck you know we'll just throw pace into rotation if he's got to take your spot rj you know when you got your ingrown toenail like you were out for a couple weeks we'll go ahead and do that cj my man uh go ahead and talk to us yeah man chris jefferson it was a dope time today i think the questions were great conversation was great and uh, I think a lot of the points made all around were, were phenomenal. Uh, it's Thursday, man. All right, so I got a webinar tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. You should be there if you've never been there. That's the craziest class. Damn, I'm going to show up for that. Yeah, there you go. All right, so I'll see you all tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Everybody be good. Uh, it was a vibe today, man. Awesome time. Potter, you What's look good? good. You look good. All right, I just want to say this before I get out of here real quick. Bro, you look, be easy. You look great. Be easy. No, no, no. You look, you, you, dude, you look great. You got this moving camera situation going on right now. All right, I see the smart water vibes. All right, going on as That's well. That's called Potter water. That, Potter yeah. water, man. Potter water. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I love if you it. if you drink the if you drink this, you can go ahead and elevate the show too. We're we're gonna get a sponsorship from them. Oh, come on, Where's Potter. Come on. Bro. What? Oh, uh? Potter. You act like I don't know vibes, man. Come My on, man. Bro. There we go. <laughs> CJ, I I knew you were smart, bro. There it is, man. Hey, listen, I keep drinking this Celsius because it says burns body fat. And- <laughs> Ain't shit happening yet. So I'm about to drop Celsius as my sponsor. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, I appreciate all of you guys today. It's been awesome. Um, you know, we're we might let Steve back, you know, on a probationary basis. Respectfully, we'll allow him to come <laughs> back to his own show. But seriously, guys, thanks for joining us today. For everybody that watched live on YouTube, Instagram, everywhere, thank you, as always, for your support. We love doing this show. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great one.